It's a new day and opportunity is in the air. This is Philip with Soul Insights and you are tuned in to Good Morning Market, where everyday businesses are empowered to lead the market with the latest in market news, insights, and strategy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Good Morning Market, where we talk a little bit of economy, a little bit of strategy, a little bit of marketing, a little bit of inspiration, and we all mash it up and reblend it into one potion to give you the drive and the insights to capitalize on opportunities, avoid threats, and overall grow your brand, grow your business. Thought bubble for y'all. I'm not, I know I don't typically do a thought bubble so to speak, but a lot of my mind right now as I'm closing out 2022 and looking to do much bigger and much better things in 2023 with my own brand, my own business, including this podcast, but also my company Soul Insights, is thinking about what is your simple, clear brand? What is your niche? What is your claim to fame? There may be a lot of depth and breadth to what we do as businesses, what we do as professionals, but you always need that one super simple uh, some simple thing that people c- can remember you for. And uh, that's something I've been thinking about. Just wanted to put that to y'all so you can be chewing on it, uh, making it easier for you to get your message out there, to get your brand out there. But I want to take my attention to our topic for the week, which is simple message, simple business structure. Those solopreneurs out there, many of y'all are listening. I am right there with you. We are the business. We are the brand. It's all on us. And there's a lot of lessons to be learned as a solopreneur, but even for those of y'all who don't run your own company or who have built past the solopreneur stage and now have an established team uh, are, are past that stage, there's a lot of good lessons to learn from the solopreneur stage. So I'm bringing in a colleague and, and, and friend of mine, Bree Sally, uh, and a very, very smart, savvy, wise business professional with lots of experience in the marketing industry to bring to bear for us today, um, did her own uh, agency for many, many years as a solopreneur, and now she gets to reflect on that now in a position with Telfair Museums where she's working obviously with uh, a team and she's the director of marketing over there, but really looking forward to gathering her insights on how we can take some inspiration and uh, be the best version of ourselves as leaders and business pros going into 2023. But first, of course, y'all know what we have to do. We need to recap the market for y'all from this past week. Let's do the market roundup. All right, coming to you all from Market Roundup. First, coming from Pew Research. I know I don't go to that reference a lot, but they have some really important data research coming out. Let me quote you all a quick excerpt from that. Amid soaring inflation rates and signs that the economy is approaching a recession, one in four U.S. parents say there have been times in the past year when they could not afford food their family needed to pay their rent or mortgage. A similar share, 24%, say they have struggled to pay for health care their family needed, and 20% of those who needed child care say they haven't always had enough money to pay for it, according to a recent Pew Research Center survey. And finally, from Market Roundup, this one's coming from the National Federation of Independent Businesses. The NFIB jobs report for December headline, labor quality continues to be a top business issue on Main Street. Coming out of Washington, D.C. earlier this month, small businesses reporting labor quality as their top small business operating problem remains elevated at 21% according to the NFIB's monthly jobs report. 9% of owners reported labor costs as their single most important problem 
down one point from October. A quote from that article, the small business economy is recovering, but owners continue to face ongoing labor troubles throughout the country, said NFIB chief economist Bill Dunkelberg. He continues, employment plans remain historically strong with 18% of of owners planning to hire and create new jobs in the coming months. Historically high, but the lowest reading since February of 2021. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your market roundup. Let's not delay it further, ladies and gentlemen. We got to wrap up this year. I mean, we got to get this thing going. And I have a special guest with unique perspective to, to talk about a topic that's unique. We haven't really addressed it on the podcast, really, but it's so pertinent to a lot of us. Just knowing my audience, uh, it's definitely pertinent to me being a solopreneur. So I have with me Miss Bree Sally. She's the director of marketing communications for Telfair Museums, the wonderful Telfair Museum Institute in historic Savannah, Georgia. However, in another life, not too long ago, she was a solopreneur. It was Brie against the world running a digital marketing agency. She was managing millions of dollars of marketing budgets for for companies, not just in Savannah, Georgia. We're talking about across Europe, across the world, had a wonderful experience. So now she can look at both sides of the business development marketing world working for an established institution with a team, and then being all on your own. She's going to drop some of her experience on us, give us some food for thought. Uh, and even if you aren't a solopreneur, I think Bree's going to give you perspective for things that you could really take a page out of the book from solopreneurship. Bree Sally, welcome to Good Morning Market. It's a pleasure to have you. How are you doing today? I'm good, Philip. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I, I'm really looking forward to some fun conversation. Like I told you before we, we clicked go selfishly, I, I, I need to have someone to whom I can relate. Uh, you know, I, I'm already kind of crazy enough as a small business owner, but to be a solo guy who does something really important like marketing, it's really cool to be able to talk with someone who can share that perspective and that background. Absolutely. It's exciting. Marketing has always been a passion of mine. I started in high school and I haven't stopped yet. So all is well and I'm excited to have this conversation today. Okay. So we gotta, we're going to have to touch on that because that was basically where I want to start, high school. Um, yeah. How did you get into marketing in high school? And then maybe I wonder if that factors into how you started your own company. Yeah. High school, um, so I went to Collins County High School in Walterboro, South Carolina. Um, And when I was a junior, I believe, the curriculum adjusted so that every um, upperclassman had to kind of select a major, essentially. Um, So it became focused on built career development. Of course, no one expected to actually stick with whatever they chose at that time, but it was um, perfect for me because I was introduced to Marketing 101, essentially. Um, So I was able to learn about the practices and then I joined an organization called DECA. Um, And it's a marketing uh, organization for students that kind of prioritizes that professional development in business, And then also in um, kind of like competitions and things like that. So I was able to present marketing plans, learn about how to critique businesses, learn how to develop a full business plan, all of that before I was a senior in high school. Um, And then my senior year, I kind of competed for the fashion marketing um, component, kind of that avenue of DECA, and I won regionals. So I was like, oh, 
I can do this. Like this is, it was very, it was a huge confidence boost um, yeah. to learn that I was capable of doing something that strong. And um, I fell in love with it and it consistently popped up in my life. And as you know, uh, marketing has so many life skills that you can actually practice day to day. Um, so that's kind of how I, how I stuck with it and, and eventually grew and grew. I went into, um, college, of course, I went to Claflin University and Boston University. Um, and I was able to utilize the skills to present programs to businesses. Honda Fit was one of our um, kind of case studies when I was in Boston. Um, and that program really taught me again, it was like confidence boost. Every time I did something for a specific organization or a business, it was really um, effective. So I was like, Oh, okay, I am good at this. I want to learn more. I want to keep going. And that's kind of how I've been uh, for my entire professional career, just constantly trying to learn what's new, what trends I need to focus on, um, and how I can implement uh, effective practices for larger businesses, smaller businesses, individuals. Um, so constantly learning. Well, I mean, my my follow up on that, and it, I don't know that I can resonate with it because I didn't get into marketing as uh, early as you did. I actually got into sales at the end of high mm -hmm. school through my my grandfather's business, but they're very related. Is is that's got to be like really cool and an unusual experience for someone who's in high school to do something in the quote unquote the adult world or do something that pertains to the adult world and get some early wind in your sales that like oh this like I actually am competent at something or have potential in something that people pay good money for that's got to be really uh, affirming. And I'm guessing part of what drove you aside from the fact that you were getting that validation that you were yeah. had a talent for it was there, it's like an entire world in and of itself. Marketing has got to be one of the most dynamic, if not the most dynamic aspects of business. So you, it's hard to get bored in marketing if you're doing yeah. it right. Yeah. It's very hard to get bored. Even now, um, working for Telfair, no day, no two days are alike. There's always something new coming up. Um, and then thinking about going back to your comment about money and be, it being lucrative, I had no idea. Oh. <laughs> so that's, the, that's where I would say my first uh, challenge came is that I wasn't even thinking about money. I was like, hey, I know I have to go to college. I know I have to find a job. But um, I had I did not learn about the financial aspects of marketing and how lucrative it could be until I was about two years into business. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I wish was, I could say the same thing that I was the free spirit just following my passions. But I definitely I remember when I was at the end of high school, I was the kid who always could tell you what I wanted to be when I grow up, even though I mm -hmm. didn't always have the discipline to make sure I was on that path. But I actually, okay, this type of uh, 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 position makes this much on average across the United States and this position makes that but it's really cool that you ended up finding something that people actually have uh, uh, market yeah. value for. And yeah. you're good at it and you're passionate about it. Yeah, so many. Um, I was a creative or wanted to be a creative. So I have always been free spirited in the sense of I can do something really well and the money will come. So in high school, I thought I would be a fashion designer, started actually designing clothing and realized, hey girl, you're not good at this. Self-awareness, <laughs> very important life skill. I, I am not good at, <laughs> I don't have the discipline to be an artist. Even when I was exploring, um, higher education opportunities. I was talking to my family about going to art school. SCAD was actually in my list of schools. Mm -hmm. um, and my aunt was just like, breathe. 
<laughs> let's <laughs> let's try and explore. You're really good at um, DECA and all of these competitions. Why don't you explore business school? And that's what I did. So, and I never looked back. So it was a great, great, great bit of advice from her. Still sad that I'm not the creative that I want to be, but I definitely understand that that was not my path. Well, come full circle now. You're the business and marketing side of an art institute. So, hey, exactly. that's, that's not too shabby of a uh, of emerging there uh, of, of exactly. interest. However, let's take a step back. It's before you get to Telfair, but after you started going to college, Boston University, you were cultivating mm -hmm. this emerging talent. Uh, how did you end up starting your own marketing agency? Yeah, so I would always you and I've had conversations like this before where it's just in casual conversation. So we just be talking about something um, and I'd have ideas for how to expand on a project or how to explore new ideas and new business concepts. Um, that was just genuinely what I would do with people. So my friends and um, colleagues from retail, I worked in luxury fashion retail. Um, I was a manager for a really large company. I miss it, but I also don't miss it. Um, but um, I really practiced kind of giving advice and learning more about business and seeing what uh, challenges people who entrepreneurs were facing um, kind of on a free scale. And then I realized like, hey, again, I say always getting that validation and learning like this is something that people don't think about you. To me, it comes so naturally. So I'm thinking that this comes to everyone really natural. Um, so I would think, oh, clearly you know that this is how you grow a social media campaign. Clearly you know this is how you would work with a print advertiser. I would always make those assumptions and people just did not have a clue about what I was talking about. I would also talk about KPIs and things like that. So people were so confused. And then finally, I started home. I was freelancing for a bit, um, finally just seeing if I could make a living from it. And then eventually I was like, okay, this is something that could be really big. So I started focusing on getting larger clients, which led me to having clients in Sweden, Australia, and all overall Europe. Um, but it was, it was, it took a little bit of time from freelancing. I would say that I graduated college in 2013. So between 2013 and 2015, I kind of worked on the skills itself, like what was needed to be able to um, provide marketing, consulting and things like that. And then when I realized like, hey, I need a team, I started building the agency in 2015. Okay. So as a solopreneur, from my experience, your business lives and dies on you. So you definitely had that phase before you started to bring on resources and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I've learned uh, as, as being a business owner, but especially as a solopreneur, is uh, it, it really reveals a lot about yourself because you, you, the business is an aspect of you. What you are is you're offering up a part of who you are. It's, it's very mm -hmm. cathartic, but also insightful and introspective and experience. Uh, what did you learn about yourself as you went through the entrepreneurship journey? Yeah, I learned the most important thing about myself, and it is kind of my life's motto now is that I can do hard things. So I don't need to feel intimidated. I have the skills. I have the experience. I know what I'm capable of. No, I don't know everything, but nine times out of 10, I know how to find what I need to know. And I have the resources to and experience to learn. I, I'm always learning. Um, so that that neuroplasticity, if you will, of kind of adapting to everything that's thrown my way is my my lifeblood. I am capable of doing really hard things. 
I'm learning that in my personal life. I'm learning that in my professional life. I just constantly have to not be intimidated by what, what comes my way. So is to that point, I think that maybe the way that we could use it in application is the reason that you said you can do hard things because you realize you're very talented. You have competencies and guess what? You don't know everything. You don't have to know everything, but exactly. you're really confident and you know what you do know. And then you're very resourceful for what you don't know. Is that galvanizing uh, for you when inevitably in life, but especially as a business owner, you're going to have to do hard things. You're going to be challenged. But if you have that self-awareness, that confidence, and you know what your skill sets are, and then you know how to get what you don't have but need, does that yep. give you the the what you need, the power to go after the challenges you'll inevitably face and do those hard things as a business owner? Absolutely. I try and focus on the hard things now because I know high risk, high reward. Mm -hmm. um, so there are times where even now at Telfair, there are more advertising opportunities that I look at and I, I see it and I'm like, this is a great idea, but also this is going to be a huge undertaking. How do I process that actual um, effort and is it worth it and weighing the pros and cons. Um, personally, I speak with artists regularly about how to expand their business and constantly saying like, like we're discussing now, artists in Savannah, art, the art scene in Savannah is huge. A lot of people are creative in a major way and getting your voice out there and understanding what you're capable of is something that I'm coaching artists on, fine artists on. So constantly building that, that muscle. It's not that overnight you're going to be able to take on a $100 million project, but yeah. if you start small and you realize that you're building the tools to be able to execute um, small components of that project and then you build your team, then you'll be able to achieve great things. So I'm not intimidated by projects anymore. I used to be, I'll be honest, because I didn't know what I was capable of. That's beautiful. And uh, I, yeah, that's something that at times I really uh, resonate with, but it's, it's, it's good to hear that because we all need to be this is that's just a life lesson, really, more so than anything. But solopreneurship, I feel like, has a unique way of teaching that to you, either yeah. the hard way, yeah. and, you know, and burning you out or pushing you out, or if you yeah. figure it out, then it can be power. Um, so wrapping up that part of the conversation would be, what is the best attribute of solopreneurs? Okay, so people who start their own business and they're an island, uh, and they're doing their thing as a business owner. What's something about them, the number one thing about them, which business leaders should follow, emulate, retain, regardless of what type of business they have and how many people are on their business? Yeah, discipline and consistency. Um, those two attributes are things that I struggle with, but I also know that those have been the, the components of successes for me. I can always tell what project has been successful and I've had real focus on because I know that I see the outcome and I see the results. Um, just maintaining your consistency overall, you don't have to be completely perfect. The project doesn't have to be all buttoned and, and tied up with the perfect bow, but making sure that you understand what the project goals were and that you were able to accomplish them and how you were able to accomplish them and as a solopreneur being able to set goals for yourself so it's not there's no one there to tell you hey this is what we want to do this month actually taking that time to plan out a strategy that'll be able to help you achieve your goals whatever those goals may be sometimes it's revenue driven sometimes it's client-based sometimes it's kind of building your network um all of those things wrapped into one um, but really focusing on 
consistently kind of exploring ways to grow your business. And what I did in the beginning, so I, I am a podcast lover. Um, so I listen to a ton of podcasts. But in addition to that, in the beginning, I would wake up at, in 2015 in particular, I would wake up at 4 a.m. and spend and from 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. kind of preparing for my day. It wasn't really just going to work immediately. It was reading books, Tools for Titan. I have it somewhere behind me. Um, is one of my favorite books because you can kind of read it in spurts. So I would read an expert, excerpt from that, um, kind of meditate and focus on how I can um, get things accomplished for the day and then building my team around that and building um, conversations. In addition to that, when it comes to the discipline component and kind of consistency, because I was a, I had an agency that was more of a consultancy, I would constantly reach out for customer development. So after that 4 a.m. when I had all of the energy in the world, um, I would start pitching clients immediately via email, making cold calls, um, sending follow-up emails. It was just a consistent thing that I did every day. So that's how I was able to secure clients abroad in um, such a large capacity so quickly. And I think that the the main theme that that is like that I heard was it's the discipline is what you said, discipline and consistency. But it sounds like that's what will manifest itself in that self-management that you have to have as a solopreneur, but it needs yeah. to carry on once you're leading teams, right? You have to have a plan. You have to mm -hmm. have a goal. You have to have a vision. You have to have follow through when you make plans and you have to mm -hmm. be able to prioritize. All of that flows from that belief and that discipline and then doing it consistently will produce the results that you want. Is that accurate? Yes, not only doing it that way, but in addition to focusing on sustainability, one of my biggest mistakes, I will say this to the end of the earth, um, is constantly thinking that I had to do it all myself and making sure that I understood that, hey, you're an agency, they're not expecting you to do everything by yourself. So start building that kind of dream team and expanding, um, even if it doesn't make financial sense right now, um, kind of having people in your pocket and knowing who to reach out to when you do need something so that you're able to maintain and sustain. Sustainability across the board is a priority for any company, any project that I'm a part of. Just maintaining the idea that you can run fast and run out of breath or you can train for a marathon and actually get to the finish line. So it's kind of that consistent um, mentality, uh, a marathon mindset, if you will, if you will. Um, shout out to Nipsey Hustle. That's right. That's right. It's a marathon, not a sprint, right? Exactly. Yep. So now that we've uh, covered that, covered your journey, covered some of the best aspects uh, and lessons learned from solopreneurship, now we're going to take a transition and we're going to talk <laughs> with Bree about kind of a more eclectic mix of of business and solopreneurship que questions to wrap at home. Sound good to you, Bree? Sounds great. So one question I had for you is 
very, very important to your previous point before we transition was about building the team. Uh, we all have to run into these decisions, whether you have a team already, whether you're part of a big organization, whether you're a solopreneur, do it yourself, outsource, hire. Something comes okay. up, you now have something to do in the business you didn't have to do before. Do it yourself, outsource, hire. What are your opinions or experiences when it comes mm -hmm. to knowing when to go one of those three routes? Yeah, um, there are a few factors. So my factors are always, is this a service that I'm going to constantly need to hire for or mm -hmm. recruit for? Or recruitment is extremely hard, especially in today's economy. Mm -hmm. um, so making sure that if there's something in particular that can be done um, one off, like video content is something that I deal with a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so should I hire a photographer or videographer and have them on my team 100% of the time? Probably not because every um, client won't need it. But right. it is a good idea to have someone um, outsource in terms of contract contract work and things like that. Having a contractor that you can always go to um, within a timely manner and ask for support. Mm -hmm. um, administrative, I would say hire. And yep. the reason I say that is because it is so hard to find great administrative support. Even for an institution like Telfair, it is hard to recruit administrative support. Um, so I would say make your investment in someone who's helping you sustain the business so that someone else has eyes on revenue, invoices, um, accounting overall, making sure that you aren't dropping the ball with not responding to emails for days, i.e. me, I have a hard time <laughs> managing my inbox. Um, making sure that you have someone who can hop on a phone call if you can't so that they can take over. So I would say hire in that instance. So something that you would need consistently, um, I would start there. And then for um, do it yourself, do it yourself. I in the beginning, of course, I had to do everything by myself um, to this day. I wish I had found a way to manage um income and kind of uh, accounts payables and things like that so i didn't have to spend so much time doing it mm -hmm. um but i had to do that myself and it's also a good idea to have your hands on everything financial um mm -hmm. so that was that i would say the things that are definitely mandatory you have to have your hands in but i there's nothing in business that i would say 100 do it yourself if you have the resources and the means to right. outsource or hire someone for it um right. just for it's, sustainability purposes especially if you're a leader right so like if you're yeah. in the position to make the, the decision do it yourself outsource hire as you grow you know it's the old adage this is more of a leadership talk than a strategy talk but hey you know it's you should be looking to work on your business rather than in your business. You're exactly. leading an, an, a team to get to a vision point. If you're constantly trying to keep everything uh, in your clutches, then you are the limiting factor and you're actually doing a detriment to yourself, your team, and your customers, right? So um, DIY, you're looking to yeah. shed off DIY if you're a business leader in that position. Obviously, if you're part yeah. of a team and you're you're a kind of a specialist, then yeah, you know, that's but then you don't really have the opportunity to make those other choices, I would guess. And my advice to anyone, because I know life is real and solopreneurship is essential for the most part, um, mm -hmm. I would say plan your days as if you were an administrative assistant to, mm -hmm. if you were, if you're going to go the DIY route, look at yourself right. as an assistant. So yeah. on Mondays, if you know invoices and things are due by Wednesday, get your finance day done on Monday. 
If you yep. know that you have some copyright copywriting things to do by the end of the week, it takes longer. You have to review and things like that. So start on Tuesday. If you know you have a ton of meetings, I prefer to have meetings in the middle of the week versus at the end and at the top so I can actually yep. execute work. So schedule yep. all of those meetings when you can. So operate as you are, as you would if you were an administrative assistant for yourself um, so that you know those needs when you do have the resources and the means to bring someone on board. Yep. I mean, how many books have been written about, you know, these, these habits we're creatures of mm -hmm. habit, right? We all need our rhythms. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, and you, there's all these catchy book titles, but what are, they're all talking about what you're talking about is even if you're okay, if you're a solopreneur, you need to listen is like, you, like Bree said, be your own administrative assistant and you need to basically claim and have guardrails mm -hmm. around certain times of day, days of week for certain activities, because if everything's up for grabs, yeah. you're going to nothing's ever going to get done. Nothing's <laughs> going to get done. You have to have a plan, yeah. plan, 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 or yeah. you're going to have a hard time. Yeah. I mean, like for those of y'all who are curious, that's the one thing that I've had to learn on this podcast and I'm still looking for new efficiency hacks on the podcast, mm -hmm. but Friday is my podcast day. This podcast does not magically happen because I recorded a, a, a video call. Like you have to, you have to put the file and all the other files yep. into my podcast production software. You have to do editing. You have to carve out time for that. You have to um, extract the file. You have to upload it. Like I can't be yep. doing that. And so, like, then you have to then even once you get it distributed and scheduled, then you've got to promote it, right? So then that's yep. its own set of time. And if you're trying to do that, just oh, I'll get it done sometime this week. Uh, uh you know, there's no way I'd be able to do a weekly podcast if I didn't have that. Same thing with handling sales meetings. Like, I can't do yeah. sales meetings whenever. I even have to put guardrails about when I do sales meetings because I have other demands as my own administrative assistant. And even though it's a re revenue generating activity, you know, if, if everything's a free for all on when someone wants to do a sales meeting, like even that, which is my priority number one. So anyways, I was piggybacking off of what Bree said, uh, really, really good uh, principle for us all to follow as we're going into 2023 start now. Uh, let me ask you some fun questions, some rapid fire, uh, as we're wrapping it home is, what is one thing that business leaders should stop doing? Uh, Actually, no, the number one thing, the number one thing, in your opinion. In my opinion, it is not being able to see the full runway. So not practicing sustainable things. So making, okay. I always say, um, don't practice bad habits. It's, it's easier said than done. But if you genuinely want to succeed and thrive from a marketing perspective in particular, that consistency is going to be mandatory. And so if you go out of the gate being able to do everything from podcasts to radio to, you know, print advertising to social media, if you come out of the gate by yourself doing all of those things, you're going to hit a wall at some point. And if you don't hit a wall, the content is going to kind of go down in quality. So make sure that you are capable of sustaining yourself um, over time. And what that means in practice is just understanding that you can't do everything at once. Be a gradual, do gradual expansion okay. versus doing everything at once. So really see what you're capable of before trying to do everything because you see other, you know, what you would consider your competitors doing everything at once. Yeah, maybe incremental quality over volume quantity. Exactly. 
Yeah. And it is an incremental thing, especially a solopreneur. All right. So what is the number one thing that business leaders slash owners should start doing? Building your dream team, even if it's just in your head. Like you don't have to have that candidate or the assistant of your dreams immediately. You're doing everything by yourself. But okay. as you progress through your work um, and through your projects, try and identify the key traits that you would want someone in that position to have immediately. So even if you're thinking that, hey, I'm not gonna be able to hire for five years, over mm -hmm. that five years, plan out exactly who you wanna see and identify exactly what the perfect candidate would look like and how you plan on um, giving, what their projects are gonna be. Because sometimes people are like, oh, I need help in this area. And you realize over time yeah. that that's not the area you needed an assistant or that's not the area you needed to have support in. It was actually product development or mm -hmm. um, sales overall. So evaluating what you need um, help with, focus on that um, and start building your dream team, even if it is just in your dreams for now. You know what? That's a it's a really profound point. I guess what you're what you're challenging us to do here, and I'm I'll be thinking about this myself. Is you know I I mentioned working on your business rather than uh, in your business, but I think that another part of that is when you're working on your business, you're looking forward, you're not mm -hmm. reflexively reacting. And I think that you're right. It's one of our worst traits as small business owners is we're very reactive and reflexive. We're yep. very dynamic and we can adjust on the fly, but we're constantly reacting and being proactive. So a lot of our hiring decisions, especially at the first part of that journey is, oh man, I'm so overwhelmed. I just need to get someone to do this. Rather than yep. like you're saying, plan months, years ahead. Like, you know what? I'm seeing the way I'm doing now. If I were to have 2X the, the, the business volume, I would want this person and this person to do that job. And that's what I know would be scalable to take me next level. Is that kind of what you're tracking on? That's exactly what I'm tracking on, Philip. The experience that I have as a solopreneur and then when I expanded into having um, a team was I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars flopping, trying to figure out what kind of support I needed and how in hiring people and then having to let people go because they couldn't execute the project in the way that I needed them to do or not having the right access point to great candidates. So there are, I mean, times have changed. So the technology has expanded as well um, to be able to find the right candidates. Um, ZipRecruiter is an amazing platform, um, but things like that didn't really exist when I was trying to outsource. And so it was really hard for me to find someone who was, who had a full portfolio, who was capable. And then I also made, on my behalf, made the mistake of thinking that I needed someone for certain things, but not others. So it really, really was a learning experience in terms of trying to, um, even now, write down and really understand what the ideal candidate for something looks like. Um, I take that with me every day and I, I advise other people to do the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really smart. I, you know, I'm having a conversation next week about, you know, adding automation to that thing. So it's, it's really mm -hmm. trying to find that harmony between scaling a team, automating uh, as much as possible, outsourcing, yep. like you, as you grow, like you, you can't make yourself the limiting factor. And I think that your main point is you got to get ahead of that and think in the future, rather yep. than reacting once you're overwhelmed and you're over utilized and 90% of your calendars already accounted for, you can't wait until that point. Yeah. yeah. Automate anything you possibly can, but monitor it closely. Yeah. Um, I used to utilize, um, I forgot what the, it's Boomerang. I don't know if it still exists, um, but there was a software that attached to Google called Boomerang and it would send your emails on a schedule. 
Um, so that was very helpful when it came to um, international clients and kind of yeah. timelines and schedules. Yeah. Um, I would send emails at 3 a.m. because I knew someone in Japan would get it and it'd be a normal work day mm-hmm. or things like that. So automation is key, key, key um, as well. So thank you so much, Bree, for sharing your perspective. I'm definitely going to need to go back to to listen to this one as it, it debuts and and go over some notes and some food for thought. Mm-hmm. This is a great time of year for this conversation as well. Speaking of that, it's the Christmas season with the countdown has started. I know my kids have their countdown calendar. We're less than 20 days away. And Telfair, where you currently operate as director of marketing and comms, uh, has a lot of exhibits open now and coming in the future. So maybe give us a little sneak peek as to what we can enjoy now for around the Savannah area or visiting and then what's coming around the pike next year. Yeah. So as everyone in Savannah knows, I always try and make the assumption that everyone knows Telfair Museums. <laughs> if you don't, uh, come see us. Um, but Telfair consists of the Telfair Academy, the Jepson Center, and the Owens Thomas House and Slave Quarters. The Telfair Academy just received a facelift, if you will, inside. So the experience um, when you walk through our doors is a little different. And there's a holiday shop there now. So there's a um, museum store there, but we've kind of changed the content and the merchandising for the holidays. So if you're looking for unique gifts, um, holiday ornaments, anything like that, definitely stop by the Telfair Academy. Uh, The Jefferson Center has an amazing exhibition by, it's uh, the first large-scale retrospect of um, Philip J. Hampton. He's a local art, he was a local artist um, who really, really pushed the limits of uh, practice and media. So there there will be paintings, there would be abstract, there's a little bit of everything involved in his exhibition. That's on view until January 29th at the Jefferson Center. Mm-hmm. And then, as always, at the Owen Thomas House and Slave Quarters, you can tour um, kind of the entire home um, and get a great history of Savannah um, throughout um, the home with the audio tour or an in-person tour with our interpreters. So um, that three-site pass that you get at any of the sites will get you into all of them. Um, in 2023, we have so much happening. Um, our new cafe will open. Uh, the Wildflower Cafe on Telfair Square will open at the Jepson Center. Um, we will also have the Children's Art Museum opening um, in the summer. Um, it's huge. It's huge. very huge. I'm so excited. It's um, yeah. really what I'm focused on right now. Um, and then in addition to that, we have this exhibition, a very different and unique exhibition for Telfair. It's called Age of Armor, and that'll be there in the summer as well. So as you bring the kiddos for um, Mm -hmm. CAM, the Children's Art Museum, you'll also kind of get a firsthand look at some really cool armor um, and uh, artifacts from medieval times at the Jepson Center. Yeah, we'll be going there not so much for the kids, but for me. But, you know, the kids can come (laughs) along if they want to because, you know. So guys never grow out of certain things and suits of armor. Okay. I'm sold. You got me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> come on in. I, it is such an exciting show. I'm, I'm excited for that to come through our doors. I want to see as much as I can of, of the behind the scenes because that stuff is heavy. It's so heavy. Oh yeah. You imagine walking around that and doing lots of exercise on pain of death for multiple <laughs> hours. How about that? Yeah. We yeah. think we have it tough now. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting and you learn a lot about the history of armor so there are things yeah. that i had no clue about and how things have evolved in technology and things like that it's so cool so you're gonna buy your own personal suit of armor is what i'm gathering 
Probably not, but I am going to explore different um, kind of like workout gear and things like that hey. based on what they had to do. Um, well, the and then I'll get back into my fitness post. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, there are a lot of lessons to learn from um, Armour overall because of Dang. the movement, because of, because of what they were actually doing at the time. So um, right. I'm learning a lot about uh, what to wear when you do certain things and how it impacts your actual workout. Perfect. Well, Bree, thank you once again. Uh, do you mind dropping in some some uh, websites or contact information, be it to follow you to keep track of Telfair? How can yeah. people follow up with you? Yeah, I'm a new mom, so I'm very quiet online right now. But you can access me um, on Instagram in particular. Um, Bree.digital is my okay. handle there. Um, okay. And then for any information about Telfair, visit Telfair.org. T-E-L-F-A-I-R.org. Perfect. Well, Bree Sally, that's Bree Sally, the director of marketing communications for Telfair Museums. Like she said, there's a lot coming around the pike for Telfair around next year. Mm -hmm. And for you, uh, you know, lots of knowledge to be shared and reflected upon, but there's a lot of power in being a solopreneur, a lot of lessons to be learned, but then also eventually we all want to get past the solopreneur stage. And mm -hmm. so, you know, that discipline, that forward thinking vision and, and knowing who you are and, and uh, building that house, really important. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a happy holiday season. Um, this was awesome. And once again, thanks for Bree for joining Good Morning Market. Thank you so much, Philip. Enjoy. Happy holidays. quick takeaways from that wonderful conversation with Bree reflecting and of course I have a good seat from which to reflect being in that uh, situation is self-leadership is instrumental for any business leader and I think that solopreneurship being a one man or one lady band really forces you to develop that confidence that discipline that belief but the self-leadership and self-management as a whole that foundation that you build in that stage and you have to do it regardless of wherever you are in the business field. You have to do it in life. Prepares you for then leading people, for then leading entire organizations in those higher levels of leadership. But it starts with the core, which is leading yourself. If you can't lead yourself, you can't leave others. That obviously goes without saying. Uh, one great lesson that I, I learned from Bree and her reflecting on that time. The other one I, was, I would say is think ahead strategically. She really got me even mid-conversation to really think about, you know, we talk about five-year visions, and I've mentioned in this podcast, it's been mentioned to me on this podcast, you need to know what's happening past the next quarter or even the next year. You need to be thinking in terms of years ahead. Well, we always think in terms of what we want to achieve, but we really don't think of, okay, well, what kind of team are we going to need to build? What kind of strengths do we want to add? What kind of weaknesses do I have that I need complemented? 
you have to think ahead of that. If you're trying to build a business, and and, and you know, I'm speaking out loud as a student. I, I'm I'm not saying I know this, but Bree brings up a great point from her own experiences. You have to think ahead strategically, not only for what you want to achieve, but with the people and the the dream team, as she says, with whom you want to and will need to have that team together in order to achieve it. So those are my two main takeaways. Uh, lots more to digest, but that's why we have the full podcast episode. Thank y'all for tuning into Good Morning Market. I really enjoy spending the time with y'all. Next. The final episode of season two of Good Morning Market is dropping next week, and that will be Streamlining Your Growth Program with Stephanie Damon Morell. She is the head of business development uh, for this Hussy Gay Bell. Uh, sorry, it's been a, it's been a late day in real time. So Stephanie of Hussey Gay Bell, she's also involved with Leadership Southeast Georgia. So she's going to talk to us about opportunities to automate your your processes to better streamline the way you use your team to attack opportunities. Really cool conversation to end the year 2022. And as y'all go into growing your own businesses and streamlining your growth plan, don't forget: in order to lead your market, you must first hear and know your market.